The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. A toast. Such a beautiful ceremony. But I feel like it is only fitting to play a game of sorts. Let's put your wittiness to the test. Let me tell you my riddle. And if you can solve it within seven days of the feast, I will reward you with 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. But if you can't tell me the answer, <laughs> you must give me 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Samson, my boy, tell us your riddle. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. What does that even mean? What kind of riddle is that? You have seven days. It's been four days? Nah, son. We ain't putting up with this. Yo, let's go to his wife. She Surely she knows the answer. We can't let this Israelite win. Hello? Hey, look here. You need to get your husband to explain this riddle for us, or we will burn down you and your father's household to death. Did you invite this Israelite here to steal our property? We're not having it. What am I going to do? <laughs> oh, baby. What's wrong? Are you having cold feet about the wedding? No. And why are you crying? I'm crying because you don't love me. We're about to get married. Why would you say that? Because you, you gave my people a riddle, and, and you didn't even tell your wife. Baby, uh, it's nothing personal. It's just, I haven't even told my own father and mother about this riddle. I, I kind of wanted it to be a surprise for the wedding. I knew it. You don't love me. <laughs> Hey, you got that riddle yet? No. He won't budge. No? No? Oh, you think we playing with you? Okay. On day seven, if we don't have that riddle, you will be dead on day eight. Surely we will not take this. Okay, 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 I'll do it. Just, just don't kill me. <laughs> My love. Are you going to be sad all week? Are you going to pesterize me all week? We're about to get married tonight. You should be happy. You're going to be sad on your wedding night? How can I be comfortable marrying a man who's keeping secrets from me? Come on, it's just a riddle. You don't love me. I do love you. You don't love me. 
If you did, will you tell me the secret to the riddle? Oh, boy. Okay. Today is day seven. The feast ends tonight. You got this riddle for us or not? I have the secret. Ah, honey and a lion. <laughs> I'll leave it to the Israelites to come up with something like this. Hey, Samson! You know, it's before sunset, and I do believe you said if we got the riddle, you owe us 30 sets of clothes. Did I, did I understand that correctly, Samson? Yes? Okay. So what was your riddle again? Uh, out of the eater, something to eat? Out of the strong, something sweet? I gotta admit, man, that was a pretty good riddle. I, I, I just don't know how you Israelites come up with this stuff, but let's see. What is sweeter than honey? And what is stronger than a lion? <laughs> Did we get it? Uh, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. I'll have your garments in no time. Samson was special. He was a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. Samson is most popular for his affair with Delilah, however, this week we are focusing on his lesser known first wife. This episode is based on Judges chapter 14, and we are continuing the account of Samson. Be blessed and enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Hopefully everyone enjoyed their turkey dinners yesterday. And if you're eating leftovers, hopefully you enjoy that too. <laughs> Last year, we did a special thanks is on the menu episode. If you want to hear our thoughts on that, you know, go back to like, that was like episode 12. Wow, we've come a long <laughs> way. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> it does seem like so long ago. I mean, God, it was just a year ago, but. Like episode wise, that was that was a long time, bro. That was a long time, real. Like, man, we were still in Genesis at the time. I mean, we weren't even judges, so we like we make it that far, but still, we we made it a mighty long way. When I get to reading, when I get to reading the Bible, like I'll make it far, far, far enough, and then I'll be like, all right, let me come, let me come back to what this week's recording is gonna be, but or be be about. But I never make it deep, deep, deep in in the in the Old Testament. Because mm. I just have to keep coming back just to refresh my memory on what this week's episode is going to be about and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, in the spirit of giving thanks, for me, it was interesting. So, I was having a conversation today about some with someone. And we just was talking about all the craziness that has happened in the world in 2020 and 2021. Because, I mean, even me and you talking about this, like, like earlier this year it was like 2020 was like oh crap the world's like slowing down and then this year was like in 2021 it was more so when you actually felt the effects of the pandemic more so it just lost people 
that were close to you. It might be COVID related, it might not have been COVID related. And then through it all, it was like just being appreciative for life in general, for the people who you know who had COVID and made it out of it. And then for you yourself, if you listen to this, I mean, you, you made it through somehow. I mean, if you, if you had COVID, you survived, thank God. If you never had COVID, even better. You've been blessed to avoid that for so long. I'm still questioning how I've avoided it this long. Like, <laughs> You're the chosen one, bro. Nah, son. <laughs> nah, son. This ain't no Gideon story. <laughs> but I mean, all in all, like just being thankful and appreciative for where you are in life right now. I mean, like the Bible tells us with prayer and thanksgiving, make all your requests known to God. And it's just making sure that you're in that attitude of prayer and thanksgiving. Because, I mean, and you really look at it, even though it's been a topsy-turvy year, we still have a lot to be grateful for. We still have a lot to be thankful for. And God isn't finished with us yet. Like, if you still have breath in your lungs, there's still something that you can do. And it's kind of crazy because we're going to get into this guy's story. Like, we're still continuing the story of Samson. But... It's just interesting showing that how no matter which predicament you're in, even if you're on the wrong path, God can still use you for some glory in some aspect. So now I ain't saying that's a license to go, go off and do evil now, but just knowing that you're breathing, you should have a reason to be grateful and thankful and just go for it. Like, man, there's the next quote I saw today. Like, someone's on their deathbed wishing they're living the life you have right now, have the opportunity that you have right now. Mm. And I think a lot of us take that for granted saying that, Oh, we have, we have it so bad, but we're not in the hospital bed written. We're not, God forbid, we don't have like some type of terminal illness or anything like that. So it's like, you still have opportunities to go there and make life happen. You still have many things to be thankful for. You still have many blessings. So act accordingly <laughs> it's the best way to say it like you know what i'm saying like you like don't just mope and sulk like sometimes just take that time to ask god like god what am i supposed to be doing with my life and you'd be surprised god give you the answer because so much times we put our own self in front of god's will again it's kind of like the guy we're going to talk about today and so yeah i don't know if you have anything to add Cass. i mean <laughs> i just been... want to say no i mean you, you, you're killing it bro um i just want to say i'm thankful for the growth, you understand the ability to be able to study, you know, mm-hmm. and um, be able to worship during this time. It was not always afforded to people, especially not Christians, and in some parts of the world, it's not afforded. That that <clears throat> alone is something to be grateful for, and I'm thankful for this podcast. It's helped me and you to grow, you know what I'm saying, and to be more firm and confident in our beliefs. And I'm thankful for you all sharing this time with us every week, or if it's your first week, if it's your last week. I'm just thankful for just being in this atmosphere of worship and open dialogue about the Bible. Most definitely. And I guess while we're on the thankful mood, thanks to all our weekly listeners, like Kazi say, shout out Twig Man, shout out, like, I guess, <laughs> Izzy, Yano, Mommy, Daddy, Grammy, <laughs> everybody who listens, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like we all our friends, family. Yeah, on the full list. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say, I said in my head, oh crap, I'm already getting myself in problems. <laughs> already getting myself in problems. But like, honestly, we really appreciate it. I know we keep on teasing stuff we're working on. It's been a busy year for us too, but we definitely have some stuff in the pipeline that we just need to execute on on our end. But like, we definitely have dreams and vision for this podcast. And we've seen how God has used it to bless others. Like, and it's just been like, just interesting. Just like, we just have an interesting journey. Like having a Bible study we didn't 
that we didn't know we needed to have, but it was still very beneficial for us that we had it. The one with the Galatians, Galatians 6, um, ended up giving out a Bible to someone who was like listening to the podcast. And that was pretty cool. And that experience just to like share God with other people. And so again, like you never know where God is going to take your path. And even though me and Kazi has plans for this particular podcast, again, we don't know whose God is letting it reach because we look at the, look at the people around the world who listen. And some of these countries, I'm like, I would have, I don't even know how you found us. Hmm. And I'm like, it only could be God. So definitely appreciative of that flack. And yeah, man, like just again, ask God to guide you because you could have your plans, but God could have a completely different plan for you. That's way better and way more impossible than the plan you could even hope for imagine and he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think or ask of him so hold on to these promises and god definitely definitely have have us so with that being said we are continuing the story of the mighty samson oh how the mighty have fallen but mm. then again, is he really mighty? Because is he really strong? Or is it the Holy Spirit? That's a riddle. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, true. That's, he's, he's a man of riddles. And spoiler alert. But all right. So you remember early in the part, we used to we used to like play little games with each other. Like we used to have report cards. And you know what I mean? But we ain't doing so long? Like Man. Real, I, I, am, I am putting my, my three. I am, I am putting it out there. I believe that Samson was not strong at all. I believe that. I don't know if you're gonna if you if you agree with me, that's fine. If you want to play devil's advocate, we don't have Dom here. The only reason why this can make us this can make me look bad right now, I guarantee you the cover out of this guy gonna be a buff guy. The cover off of this episode no. right here gonna be a buff guy. That's fine. I that's guarantee fine. you. <laughs> that's it. I totally you that. As a matter of fact, make it a buff guy, bro. That's just <laughs> that's how we do it. You understand? Because we want to, we want to, we want to show you the the vision. You mm-hmm. understand? To the people, it's like I, I want to call it clickbait, but it's uh, like, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So we just say clickbait. When you think of Samson, you think this, right? And then but you, you know, listen, and then you get a different view of Samson. A little, a little bit of a tangent. It would be a little funny though if we had Samson as a super like small guy. Skinny guy. Yeah, right. Like I just someone who that. you, someone who you wouldn't expect to be super straight or to be Samson. Anyway, and, and still title it the Mighty Samson. Right. <laughs> so my thing is this, right? I I want to say for the purpose of this um, episode, I want to say that I believe right now that the guy was not strong at all. I believe me and Samson might be in the same caliber. Just average guys, you know? I'm not saying that he was uh, the rock type of person, Vin Diesel, very big, Arnold Schwarzenegger type of guys. I think based on based on me reading this time, and I read as if I was an atheist, like I had never heard but these people before. You know what I'm saying? I tried to <laughs> expel the the myth of the great mm-hmm. mighty warrior Hercules type of I tried to just expel that out of my mind and just read it for just read it as it is, like I never um heard of him. And I wanna say. I just believe he's a regular guy, just like we are all regular people. Mm-hmm. But for the for the for the sake of God and for the sake of Holy Spirit, we can do miraculous things. And I feel like that's a consistent narrative all throughout the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? Like, uh huh. And just to like a recap and just to read this part, so just to set the standard, so just to set the scene. So this is from Judges 13. This is last episode. Definitely check that out if you haven't already. But in Judges 13:6, the woman. 
went to her husband and told him, a man of God came to me. He looked like an angel. Very, uh, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from. I didn't, he didn't tell me his name, but he said to me, you will become pregnant and have a son. Now then drink no wine or other fermented drink and do not eat anything unclean because the boy will be a Nazarite, which is also important that we're going to uh, cover in this episode from the womb until the day of his death. Uh, and then the, uh, when I go back to the angel for going uh, back up in verse five, the angel said, you'll become pregnant who will and have a son whose head has never be touched by a razor because the boy will be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will lead Israel in, the, in delivering, he will lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So the reason why I recap that just now, it never said anything about him being strong because leading Israel from the hands of their enemies, we've seen that essentially phraseology, even though it's worded slightly differently, but we've seen that phraseology with Gideon. You, you're a hey Gideon, mighty warrior. You're going to deliver Israel from the hands of the enemies. All these other people, you're going to deliver, you're going to be the one to deliver Israel. But specifically, we've never seen anything from chapter 13 indicating that he's going to have any type of superhuman strength, which is funny because we know Samson as, you know, people knowing the story of Samson to have superhuman strength. But the setup of Samson never talked about this. It's not until this chapter, chapter 14, that we're in in Judges, when you start seeing hints of, hey, something's different about you. Something's different about this judge from all the other judges. Right. And then to say, so far, bro, so far, and I'm talking about including judge, um, Judges 14, to say that Samson was strong is like to say that um, Joseph could interpret dreams. Mm-hmm. Whereas the man specifically say, well, don't interpretations come from God. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So he he was very open about what, about how he's in a position to give you an interpretation. It's not that I am listening to this and internalizing it and giving you the interpretation. No, the Holy Spirit is inspiring me and telling me what to say in the same way. We see a similar thing with Psalms, and I'm not going to go too too deep into it because the past couple of episodes, I had a habit of, of kind of jumping the gun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. so let's just get into it. So in Judges 14, we pick up. Samson, like, again, Judges chapter 13 ended with Samson being born and him growing up. That was it. We didn't get any snapshot or anything in between then. Judges 13, like I said, go back and check out last episode, was mostly centered around his parents. And we were really delving into the issue of faith between the mother and the father and who really trusted God's promise and just delving into that whole relationship. Pretty interesting stuff. I, I really, I, I personally really enjoyed recording last week's episode. I really think it was, one of, it was a really good episode in my humble opinion. I guess just the feel of it. But that's it. That scene being said, we pick up in Judges 14. Samson, who was already grown up, went to the town of Timnah and saw a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his mother and father, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Hmm. Like these, these, these first two opening verses already showing some implications of how Samson's character Okay, and let me let me give a little context to that, right? Deuteronomy 7, um, when this first one, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, you are entering to possess and drive out before you many nations. Um, I'm going to verse 2. And when the Lord your God has delivered them over to you and you have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. Make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. Verse, verse 3, do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to them to their sons or take their daughters for your sons, for they will turn your children away from, from following me to serve other gods. 
and the Lord's anger will burn against you and quickly destroy you. So this is quite bizarre, uh, a request coming from Samson, specifically because God is definitely against this and he has put this in writing. And this is something that should have been taught from generations to generation. Now, the Israelites, they probably wasn't living like this. But at the end of the day, Manoah and his wife, they understand what the assignment is for Samson. Mm-hmm. And for the leader that was a Nazarite from the womb to say something like this is quite bizarre. And that's why they were so resistant or, or that's why it kind of took them off guard. Indeed, indeed. So I'm going to go a little bit further and then I think we can discuss a little bit more. Um, so his father and mother replied, isn't there acceptable women among, the, of your, among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, get her for me. She is right for me. And in verse four, his parents did not know that this woman was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines for that, for at that time they were ruling Israel. So important, important context right now. So first of all, Timnah is a city in Philistine. So when we see verse, I mean, chapter 14 picks up, pick up. We don't find Samson in Israel like we did pretty much every other judge we was introduced to at that point in time. Basically, right. <laughs> Samson was introduced to us in Philistine. And also, we've seen a shift here too. Usually, as the Bible is ready to tell you, at that time, Philistine was ruling over Israel. We're accustomed to the Israelites crying out to God to send them a judge. And we already, we already indicated in last chapter where God kind of shifted a little bit. And he was, as Kazi say, home groaning <laughs> a judge. But so that being said, they're already oppressed by Philistine. You're in Philistine in a city. You're a judge. But instead of, as we would assume you, leading Israel against your enemies, you're in this Philistine city window shopping. Yep. Just playing the field. Window shopping, playing the field, looking for woman. Hmm. Again. You're a judge. You're supposed to be connected with God. But why are you here though, bro? Like, why are you here? Exactly. And, Go for it. And the point you, you made a, a little earlier, it's like, we don't even have evidence of the Israelites crying out for help from this. So it's like, are y'all enjoying this right now? Or like, no, no, we don't say enjoying because, excuse me, obviously they're being oppressed, but have y'all thrown in the white flag? Have y'all thrown in the towel and saying, man, it is what it is. We, we just could coexist with them because that is a possible scenario given the, the clues that we have. And if that is the case, it would make sense why Samson just roaming and chilling with them because he like, man, these are people. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. Like, was it uncommon? Anyway, I was about to go down a, a, a little time so we don't need to go down. But Samson, Samson doing this too, too. Absolutely. Too casually, bro. And my question is, right? So we know, we see where the Holy Spirit set this specific thing up where you meet this specific woman and that's going to be the liaison to get you in, in, involved with the Philistine in God's will, right? Mm-hmm. But was this God's plan or was this something that God permitted 
giving the circumstance. You understand? And to me, is like, I don't know if you have something else to say. No, I, I'm but not. to me, is like I was telling you off mic, it's more like the Balaam story to me. Because again, we see where originally, when we go back to the Balaam story, God tell them, don't go. Balaam keep on asking God, should I go? God's like, don't go. And eventually God was like, no, just go. And as we covered in that episode, I can't remember the episode number right now, but definitely go back and check it out. We were saying that, essentially God was saying that, clearly you want to go so bad, I'm going to let you go over to your, I'm going to give you over to your own personal desires because this is something you were going to do essentially regardless, but now I'm going to flip the script. Hmm. And so now we see here, clearly how this, how this whole story set up. He was supposed to be a Nazarite. He is an Israelite Nazarite judge. Like three titles who all have their own specific, you know, laws, essentially, right? right? Mm-hmm. You're in the Philistine city wanting to intermarry with them. Nowhere in this, we see you asking God for guidance, asking God for counsel, none of that. You clearly here to get this woman. So God's saying, okay, since it's already your desires and you clearly aren't consulting me, I am going to take this bad and turn it into some kind of good. Just like in the story of Balaam. Balaam was sent, was paid handsomely to curse the people of Israel. And he could not utter any curse. Three times he uttered pure blessings where the king even got mad. And he was like, is God, is God a mind that he should lie? I already told you that I only could say what God told me to say, regardless of what, like, whatever you pay me. Again, so, here with, go for it. Oh my, no, my bad. Continue, my bad. I was just saying like, with here with Samson, we've seen, okay, yeah, God was like, yeah, you should be marrying you should be marrying an Israelite, hands down. You should be marrying an Israelite. You in this Philistine town and you, we, your people are oppressed. They're really ruling over you. And you're here instead of avenging your people and actually setting your people free, you here breaking bread with the enemy. For lack of a better word, you are in their city breaking bread with them, having, making friends, trying to marry, intermarry. That's the only way you get close to people if you break bread with them. And so my thing is this, right? God used this woman, bro. God know how beautiful she was. God know how, how attractive Samson would have been upon first sight or interaction, whatever. And God say, all right, this young man or old man, however old Samson was at the time, because it's not clear, clearly is not on track. Because it's like, you could pose the question, did Samson know that he was a judge, bro? Because the man acting too normal right now for a person who have such a, a mission that he was supposed to be on. And the thing about it, we're going to get to a point where we can clearly know he knew what he was doing. Right. So, no, but I, I was being sarcastic just yeah, now. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Right. Because I'm like, but did you even know he was a judge, bro? Because you because you literally going on the wrong path, bro. Like, what are you doing, bro? You doing you doing any thing? Like, I'm about to be hyperbolic a little bit, but you're doing everything but being a judge and trying to lead your people and try to free your people. You're, it, it also appears that you're doing the opposite. So now God, who has a divine plan for him, giving Samson what I would call a Jonah moment. Granted, Jonah didn't exist yet. Long while before, before Jonah came around. But okay, Jonah had a mission, right? Mm-hmm. For, for those who are f- um, familiar with it. He had a mission. He decided, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to follow this mission. <laughs> and God did the unthinkable to make sure he went back on track. So this is what I see that as. You look like you want to be a Philistine, but no, you are right. You are called to a higher, a higher, Um, you have a higher calling than that. So I am going to use the thing that you are desiring and I'm going to turn that into what my plan is. You understand what I'm Man. saying? And it's so and it's so interesting, right? And I know we only on verse four, so pardon me. But 
it's so interesting how God can still use our bad and turn it into good. But if we are just going along with God's original plan, it would be so much more better than him having to turn our bad into good. Yep. Because, and this is almost a closing kind of, even though we're in verse four, but the whole theme of this right here is like, Samson was choosing his own selfly desires and God was still trying to flip it for good. But again, just like how, because we haven't touched this point in a long time, but you just have to pay for the arguments of your decisions and your consequences. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see how in Samson going after his own desires, not really consulting God and, and going after what God really wants him to do, he's going to have some consequences to pay. And right. this is exemplified in this chapter, the next one, and especially chapter 16. Bro, in the Bahamas, we have a saying, when you play with puppy, it's lick your mouth. Understand? I ain't going to go into what it means, but it's, it's equ- equivalent to when you lay with dog, you get fleas. You, know, you wake up with fleas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Understand? So you want to play with Philistines, you can get with people who play with Philistines and get, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so in verse 5, Samson went down to Timnah, the Philistine city, together with his father and his mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, Suddenly, a young lion came roaring towards him. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might torn a young goat. To me, when I saw a young goat, I was like, who's still tearing a young goat apart with their <laughs> bare hands? Like, who tearing any animal apart with their bare I, hands? I, I, I think they was trying to say he tore it up as easy as you would. I think the Bible was trying to say he tore the lion as easy as someone would tear a, a, a young goat. More power to him. <laughs> but he neither told his father nor his mother what he had done. Okay. And he went. Hold on, bro. So I just want to make this clear. Mm-hmm. They say him and his father was going to Timnah as they approached the vineyards, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously, Samson was by himself in this vineyard as he, as he killed this lion. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And this, this, I just want to reinforce something I said earlier. Um, Verse 6, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart. Mm-hmm. Not Samson tapped into his great strength and tore the lion apart. The credit goes to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You understand? So if the Holy Spirit inspires me in that way, I can do that because it's not me doing it. It's the Holy Spirit. That's the common denominator there. And that's, I, I, I'm going to continue doing this as, you know, as we go through, throughout the text. So, that's, that's, that's just me trying to enforce that point. Yeah, so even going back to the whole vineyard thing, why are you in a vineyard by yourself to begin with? When as a Nazarite, you ain't even supposed to be around grapes, mm. raisins, mm. fermented drink, anything by, of the vine to begin with. You know what I'm saying? So granted, granted, it doesn't say he drank anything from the vineyard. It doesn't say any of that, but it's like, again, when you put yourself in such compromising position, positions, it makes it harder to exercise your willpower to refrain. Hmm. It's like if someone's saying they want to stop eating ice cream, or you go, but you go to Publix, Walmart, you're in the Bahamas, Solomon, Super Value, City Market, and you buy ice cream and take it home. Yeah. Now you having to fight so much harder with yourself to not eat this ice cream that you bought that's in the freezer versus if you had never bought it to begin with. That's true. That's true. And you see, and you see <clears throat> how even more danger he put himself in by being in this vineyard. 
like, okay, okay. We could take the route to saying this vineyard was a shortcut. So we had to walk through the vineyard, right? Let's take mm-hmm. that route, right? A lion jumps out. The Holy Spirit helped you to kill a lion. But let's say it wasn't a shortcut. Why are you, why are you walking through the valley of temptation? You understand? And in doing so, I, like I can make this a sim- symbolic thing, but think about it, bro. You walk into temptation and the roaring lion comes seeking to devour you. In the, same way, in the same way the devil is like a roaring lion seeking who you devour. It's like, don't tempt yourself type of situation. But to bring it home, but the power of the Holy Spirit, he was able to overcome, you know, in the same way we could, we could overcome. But guess what? There's another thing about the Nazarite vow. And um, if you want to read more about Nazarites, it's Numbers chapter six. six. Right. So, excuse me. Another thing, they could not touch dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Israelites in general was supposed to stay away from, from dead bodies, but... Check out our Leviticus episode. Shameless right. plug. <laughs> but if you, as a Nazarite, come in contact with a dead body in any way, you would have defiled your vow. You understand? Even if they accidentally die, if someone accidentally died in front of you, you would have defied your vow, had to cut off your hair. This was not the case for Samson. Reason being, the Holy Spirit came upon him and allowed him to kill um, this lion. And, and, and in that way, he still, he still was in fulfillment of his vow. And it's in the same way where, it, it's in the same way, the same way where they talk about the Sabbath in the New Testament and they say, what is needful is lawful type of situation. You understand? So Samson, we see Samson was born to rage war against the Philistine. That is going to involve death, period. But he used to be a Nazarite. You understand what I'm saying? And that's because of the way the Lord, that's because the Lord basically called him for this specific mission. You know, so he was still well within his mission by killing that lion. Um, mm-hmm. So then he didn't tell them what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman and he liked her. Sometime later, when he went back to Mario, we don't know how much time elapsed in between verses seven and eight, but we just know it was some allotted time. He turned aside and looked at the lion's carcass. And in it, he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. It's going to be very important later. But again, he swooped out the honey with his hands and ate it along the way. When he rejoined his parents, for some reason, he is always go through this vineyard alone. <laughs> No, I'm mean, just pointing this out. He always going through this yeah. vineyard alone. Because why mm-hmm. your parents are miraculously ain't with you again to see this lion carcass. And y'all going the same way. So that's so funny, bro, because on the way, he killed a lion. He ain't tell nobody. Come back. He see the carcass with the bees and stuff like that. He ain't tell nobody. But you and your family on the same trip. <laughs> yeah, so you're just slipping away eating some grapes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey. He may have been, may not. We don't know. But yeah. <laughs> it's suggested. Yeah. I'm suggesting. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, when I want to say Earl breathes stuff into the Bible. Yeah. Anyway, when he joined his parents, he gave them some and they too eat, but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. And again, this is important because one, he's a Nazarite, he ain't supposed to be touching the dead. But then as an Israelite, he ain't, they ain't supposed to be touching the dead. So he knows his family wouldn't eat this honey regardless. And that's why he know what he's doing is wrong. And that's why he isn't purposely not telling his parents where this honey come from. Samson is a rebel, bro, because like, here it is. Your, your parents are going to be ceremonially unclean and they don't even know. That's powerful. Bro, you could, bro, you, this, could, this could have been avoided. 
You could keep the honey to yourself. You could not bring the honey, or you could have just not like. Well, yeah, that's keeping your honey to yourself. Or you could have just tell them and let them decide. But now you you giving it to them. They can put them in harm's way, right? And they don't even know. That's powerful. Yeah. And then so now his father went down to see the woman, and there Samson held a feast as was customary for young men. When the people saw him, they chose thirty men to be his companions. They chose thirty men to be his companions, hmm. which is interesting. So I'm like, what, y'all just assigning people now. So I'm assuming that's custom during that time. But the question to me is, why are you holding your feast in Timna or whatever <laughs> city they just say, bro, among the Philistines? What is happening with Israel, bro? Like, do you just hate that city? Do you just hate that land, bro? Where you just like, no, everything have to be over by the Philistine. It's to the point where ain't any even your boys, assuming that he had friends, ain't any of your friends or even your family, they had a stand in your wedding or in your celebration. You have to, you all have to find random people to bring into your bachelor party. And again, this feast, if you like search of like history of these type of feasts, there was like predominantly drinking festivals too, like drinking feasts as well. Yep. So it's like, again, if you ain't breaking your vow, you're putting yourself in a seriously, seriously compromising position. It's almost like if you hang around the Bible shop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. And like, sure. again, the Bible doesn't say he was breaking his, his vows, but it's like, it's, it's throughout all these stuff, you're going to see he putting himself in certain predicaments. It's like, even if you ain't breaking your, your vows, you in the environment where these things are being done, right. where you so know like, you shouldn't be. So like right now, we don't know the state of Israel, right? We don't know how devoted they are and how much they obey, right? But, but the, here's most, the thing, but we do have the context of it because they're already oppressed, which is no, already yeah, context. We, we have the context. What I'm saying is if Moses was reading the story, right? Mm-hmm. Moses would be scratching his head like, what? He do what? He do that? Like what type of judge this is? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we, we had other judges. Well, we had Jephthah who... Well, we have Jephthah, we have Gideon. We have other judges who, they wasn't the most model citizens. They wasn't your ideal representation of what a judge or a leader of the Israelites should be. They didn't play it by the book in the ways that, you know, other judges like Moses and, and Joshua, they were more devoted and, you know, more educated and more zealous for God. But Samson, Samson, bro, like, honest to God, like, seriously, it's almost as if the man just really just don't care, bro. Like, we ain't see him talking to God or nothing, bro. Like, most of the story, I want to say, like, the vast majority of the story is just about Samson, bro. Not Samson as it relates to God. No, I, I ain't going to say that. The vast majority of Samson's decision is about Samson, bro. It ain't about what God want me to do or what's best for Israel. Who wouldn't want to not be, um, to not be enslaved or, or, who wouldn't want liberation for their country? Mm-hmm. Samson don't seem to be too concerned about that. You know, like everything he's doing just for him, bro. Like, no lie. He don't care about no vow. <laughs> he don't care about no rules, nothing, bro. Well, let me read this, stuff, this thing right here, right? It says, this is some extra context. At the marriage feast, Samson was brought into familiar association with those who hated God of Israel, who hated the God of Israel. Whoever voluntarily enters into such relations will feel it necessary to conform to some degree to the habits and customs of his companions. And again, you know what's important is the Bible says they appointed him companions. Mm. The time thus spent is worse 
than wasted. Thoughts are entertained and words are spoken that tend to break down the strongholds of principles and to, the weaken, and to weaken the citadel of the soul. And to me, that's so powerful that it is like, again, it ain't insinuating that Samson was breaking the vows yet, but it's like you're putting yourself in this, first of all, you're ready around God's enemy. So nothing good, no matter, like, like for, as long as I forget the context, nothing good can come out of this situation. You are literally in the hearts of the enemy, drinking and feasting with them. You know, these people do not respect, honor, or love the God that you serve. Bro, and to go back to Deuteronomy 7, that's why God was saying, do not intermarry with them. Do not give your sons or your daughters, or they will turn away from following me to serve the other gods. And the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will, and, and will quickly destroy you. You know, this mm-hmm. prophecy. Mm-hmm. Tell you don't even put yourself in this situation. We can mm-hmm. sit there and be optimistic, but it's it's in writing, bro. It's in black and white. Do not do this. Period. It ain't no don't. It ain't no exceptions to the law where you could do this if, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, bro. Straight up. But because you so because you so determined to do this, God say, all right, I can make sure this end out in my favor. You know. Exactly. And again, so like think about like the things that are being said. The thoughts that are being entertained are just not of God, period. And so now you're in this environment. And this feast was a week long, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't like, because I want people saying, oh, y'all going so hard on them. It's only like a one night party. No, this is a week long festival. So imagine how much evil could be done in a day and multiply that by seven. Like you wake up and you were surrounded by these people again. As like every day to me is only getting worse and worse. Like you're only getting more ingrained and Anyway, I just want to, I just want people to imagine, bro, if your people is at war with somebody, not even, not even your people is at war. I can make it pretty literal, bro. If your people was experiencing constant racism by the powers that be like the people that govern your, your country and they being racist towards your people. But me, who's supposed to be your leader or the, the, the leader of your country, just chilling with them, smiling with them, normal, bro, doing everything natural. You'd call them a sellout. That wouldn't, you, you would not be okay with that. And this is deeper than racism. This deeper than any war or prejudice. This God, this God, this dealing with God's people. This dealing with spirituality, this dealing with heaven or hell, you know? And Samson was just very cavalier about it. I'm chilling with my boys, bro. I'm chilling with my people. These the people I want to be around. These the girls that I want. Well, mind you, and Samson bringing his mommy and daddy into this. You understand what I said? His mommy and daddy, they know the type of mission he's supposed to be on. You know, <laughs> they know the type of mission. They, they know how, who they are. That's why when Samson say, get me this woman, they mommy and daddy. If, if their mommy and daddy just was also the, in defiance of God, they could have been like, all right, yeah, we could do that. But no, what they say, you can't find a relative or a Jew why, or, or an Israelite. Because they know this wrong. And now Samson bringing them along the whole time. But you know what this kind of reminded me of? Because again, we don't really have no context, but it's like with, um, was it Isaac? It was Isaac with Jacob and Esau, right? Hmm. When it was like, Esau didn't know that how, how, how upsetting it would have been to his daddy if he had married those, but he married Ishmaelites at the time. Yeah, I think so. It was Ishmaelites. Then he did, because then he came back and got, and got with the Israelite wife. Yep. But it's like to me, but, but then we were saying, why didn't Isaac tell him this before Han? Because he made sure he told Jacob to go back to where I came from and get a wife. And yep. to me, 
I'm wondering how did Manoah and his wife, his wife, <laughs> the woman who has no name, how did they really bring up Samson? Because it's one thing to say this thing at the end here, like, why aren't you doing this? But I'm like, clearly, y'all might have told him his vows, but along the way, like, how good was the influence? And granted, I can't put anything on that because I don't know. I don't have the context. We have no context. So this is just me just asking a question to put it out there. Because it's like, how did he really know? Because I'm like, we pick up this chapter with him in Philistine looking for friends, looking for yep. women. Yes. So I'm like, y'all didn't know he was going to Philistine looking for these women? Like, clearly y'all know he wasn't being judgely. <laughs> if I could use such an such a ad- adjective. Adverb, whichever one it is at this moment in time. Forgive me. I ain't had to worry about that in a couple of years. <laughs> so my thing is this, bro. Like, if it's if it's if it's pretty normal for Israelites to be hanging around with the Philistines, you could raise, you could train them up. Well, you could, you could, you could do your best, but that still sometimes don't stop children from just being rebellious. My thing is, I don't think it was that common still. Hmm. I'm, the reason why I'm the reason why I'm pushing this narrative is because we see where Israel did not cry out against um, the oppression of Philistine, and I I am I am under the assumption that that's because they was kind of you know just going with the flow. Because to me, I mean, like I ain't disagreeing with your point, right? But I'm like, also, it might already been known that this guy was supposed to be the judge. So we'll be crying out for a judge to be raised up for. We already have a judge. No, but this see during the during it was. Uh, if we go back to to last um, um, chapter thirteen, hold on, just give me a second while I pull it back up. Chapter mm-hmm. thirteen, the way the beginning of the the way the beginning of chapter thirteen starts. Yeah, like again, they did Israel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and then a certain man named Noah from the clan. Blah 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 blah. But typically, the point I'm making now is that typically when we hear that they did evil mm-hmm. and and God delivered them in the hand of Philistine for forty years, you would hear. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. they cried out so much yeah, and yeah. God bring a judge. But that part is completely skipped. It's just that they, they there for 40 years and then God bring a judge. Why? It's like, you have the cause and effect, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, did God just bring this judge? Because he's like, hey, y'all getting too out of hand. You know what I'm saying? And if I don't disrupt this now, this might be super detrimental. Or, or like, why did he bring the judge? You know, Because it might've been both. And again, the reason, the reason why I said it, because remember, even from, Jan- even from, Exodus time, God mentioned the Philistines specifically before he mentioned all these other Jebusites, Ammonites, everybody else. Mm-hmm. And now, like I said, like last week, it's the first time we even hear about the Philistines again in this context. Mm-hmm. So it's like, God might be saying, yo, they really wilding their way there in Philistia. It's time for me to actually deal something, deal with them. They already oppressed my people. Who knows? Some people might have been crying in the Babylon specifically saying, because we know some people in the, in the camp of Israel still was following the Lord throughout this all, even though the Bible really mentions when the whole nation was finally like, okay, we had enough of this. Mm-hmm. So you still have people who was following the Lord. Cause I mean, in my opinion, Manoah's wife was still probably following the Lord. She could like, like we, like we pointed out last episode, she was able to say like, yo, this is a man of God. Yep. This is like an angel of the Lord. Like this, something about him was clearly different that I've not experienced before. The husband didn't have enough faith to really acknowledge at the time. But so it was just, to me, I'm just saying that people was definitely still following God in this point in time. But to your point, they might've been comfortable. But to me, I'm like, Still, as a woman of faith, I know my mommy would have been telling me straight up, like, yo, you ain't supposed to be doing this. This mm-hmm. thing, you know God ain't pleased. My mommy's guilt trip me. Right. <laughs> and 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 so, so, and that's the point I'm making, right? In his household, let's just let's just say his household, 
they was following, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's surrounded, like he come out, when he go to school, he's surrounded by people who just intermingling with the Philistines in his neighborhood, mm-hmm. intermingling with the Philistines. And so because of that, his influences could have allowed him to think that this is normal. This is know? okay. Yeah, this is okay. And so that's, 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 that's where I'm coming from. We don't, we don't have enough evidence to definitively say yay or nay, but it could be possible. That's why he's so relaxed and so cavalier about chilling with the Philistines. Like, just imagine the scenario what I'm telling you, bro. Mm-hmm. Our enemies, bro. These people kill people, potentially. They enslave people. They do a bunch of heinous stuff. And I sit and chilling with them. Imagine that. They, I I'm think they call that Stockholm Syndrome or something like that, bro. Because, like, imagine how you would look at me as the leader. I'm trying to, I'm trying to cause a revolution. <laughs> bro, y'all ain't even vote me to be your leader. Like, you see, like how they, you see, like, how they go on the Jafta? And say, Ouch. hey, be our leader? No. God points you to be our leader. And this how you hanging out? This how you acting? To me, I'm just like, come on, bro. You, you have a bigger responsibility than this. Mm-hmm. It's like, like to me, he's acting as if he's unaware that he's supposed to be the judge. You feel me? You want me to tell you what he do you want me to tell you what he do with, this, with this responsibility? What do you do? You tell them? Let me tell you a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty on brown for Samson. You will find out. He care more about riddles than anything else. <laughs> exactly. So in verse 12, he said, let me tell you a riddle. If you can give me the answer within seven days of the feast, within the seven days of the feast, I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. If you can't tell me the answer, you must give me 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. He was like, I like the terms, you know, 30 to one. Let's do it. Tell us a riddle. Let's hear it. And Samson said, out of the eater, something sweet. Out of the strong. Something to eat. Oh, something to eat. Look at me messing up Samson riddle. (laughs) Out of the strong, something sweet. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. So if you just had it for the 47, what would you think? Bro, I I, honestly... (laughs) I don't consider this a riddle, bro. I don't consider this a riddle because like to me, a rhythm, a riddle, it involves like a problem to be solved. It's mm-hmm. something to solve. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it's just a statement. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Like to me, it's a poem. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, cool. And now you're basically saying, tell me what this poem about. Right. And <laughs> if I had heard this poem before, I'd be like, I know, bro, this could be anything. And I understand I understand why Samson was so confident in this riddle because like, this could be anything, bro. Like you could, like if I was to make this poem, especially like, especially today, mm-hmm. I could, I could attach the meaning to anything, bro. Like, I feel like it's very subjective because art is subjective in mm-hmm. general. <laughs> and so Samson, I feel like Samson really confident in this because like, who going to guess this, bro? Even if they get it, they probably going to second <laughs> guess it because it's, how, how can you, can someone come up with a definitive answer based on what, what was given there? Just, it's just a statement. Yeah, I, w- I would be, I would be stumped. And we see even the people who was in the, the bridal party, the companions, the, the 30 guys, they were stumped for three days. They cannot solve this riddle for three whole days. So now again, again, this is why it's also so important to be equally yoked. Because we can see their true color starting to come out. So on the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, coax your husband into explaining the riddle for us 
or we will burn down you and your father's household and put you all to death. Did you invite us here to steal our property? So again, we see her people is turning on her. Mm-hmm. They apply the pressure to her. Because again, here's the context. You have our enemy in here making a mockery of us. Mm-hmm. We should be able to solve this riddle hands down. But we can't solve this riddle. That don't look good. This look like a setup to me. Like you bring him here just so y'all could y'all two could benefit like a quick come up. Like y'all trying to finesse us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So now we see they put they as we say they applied that pressure on her. So I, so my thing is this, right? Um, so where, where we are, we just finished, we just finished. All right, yeah. So we finished first, first 15. So my thing is this. These people just threaten to kill you. You know what it is, Earl. I just, I just, I just was got married. You was at the wedding, right? You know what it is. Someone at my wedding who I feel comfortable enough to share this moment with me threatened to kill me over a bet. Here's the thing. Again, this is why the content is so important. These ain't Samson friends. Remember, he pulled up in Philistine and they assigned him these companions. Right. These ain't any friends. All right. So what I'm saying is this, right? Mm-hmm. These the type but of yes, people. Yes, I would be very uncomfortable. Yeah, no, but these the type of people at your wedding ceremony. People who would kill you in the blink of an eye. Kill, threaten to kill your wife in the blink of an eye. Who, bro, who picked these companions, bro? If it's you and your and your wife to be, right? Who picked these companions? And did, did people just, all right, let's say your wife picked these companions because she's from the area. Did she just pick strangers? You understand what I'm saying? Did, do, did you all know them at all? Because quick like that, they saying, bro, boy, I'll burn you and your father house down over two robes, bro. Over two outfits. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But that's the people, for more context, that's the type of people Sam's in partying and having a joy old time in this wedding ceremony with. That's, these are the type of people who we interact with. All right. So I got... I- I got a couple like points on this. I don't even know how developed these gonna be. And given the time, we're already like what 50 minutes into this episode. So I doubt we can make it to the next chapter. So anyway, <laughs> right? I look at the time, I was like, oh, we, we were ambitious. <laughs> but so certain context here, right? Uh hold on, let me just read a little bit more. So and then so Samson's wife threw herself at him sobbing. You hate me, you don't really love me. You give you give you've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. And then Samson said, I haven't explained the answer to my own mother and father, so why should I explain it to you? She cried for the whole seven days of the feast. So on the seventh day, he finally told her because she continued to press him. She in turn, she in turn explained the real to her people. That's the context, right? She pressed him so hard that he gave in, tell her the riddle in confidence because this is your wife. Like the feast about to be over. So let me just tell you because I'm about to win. And she went in turn and tell them the riddle. But my thing is, did you really love him to begin with? And the reason why I ask that is, one, do you know who your husband really is? Because instead of going into him in confidence, right? I let mm-hmm. him know what was actually happening. What did mm-hmm. you do? You hide the whole situation from him and you just say, you don't love me. How we get to this? Hmm. How we get to this part right here? Like if you know who your husband really is, you actually know your, his, your husband's actual character or what your husband is capable of. Why don't you say, hey, baby, these companions who these guys, they really pressing me about this riddle. They threatened to kill me, my, hut, my daddy. They, they threatened to burn down our house down and all our property. And we mentioned none of this. You come to saying, hey, 
You, you don't love me. You ain't tell me the riddle. I'm Samson with a freak right out, bro. Because we see how we act afterwards, spoiler alert, right? But I'm like, again, so Samson, did you, did you as Samson, did you tell her who you really are? Did you tell her what your, what your purpose is supposed to be? No. See, and, and that's another thing though, bro. Let's say, let's say he was a regular person, right? Let's say he was me, specifically me. No, no add-ons, right? If my wife come to me and tell me somebody threatening to kill her over this wager with me, I would just acquiesce. All right, I can get the 30, I can get the 30 garments. It don't even have to be that serious. You understand? Samson ain't even had that option. Samson ain't had the option to say, all right, I could just buy it to just squash the beef. Mm-hmm. Or I go take matters into my own hands, which he had the ability to. His wife just come and say, man, <clears throat> I get her. She was scared. You understand? She was scared. She And she probably, and like you say, because she didn't know who Samson even was, she didn't have faith that it was anything he could have do for real, for real. You understand? And so as a result, she had to, she had to coerce him in the same way that she was coerced. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just shows like how, her willingness to side with her people, modern, a modern being willing to side with, to side with flat, to side, to side with Samson, mm. is like she did not fulfill the idea of essential marriage, essentially, because like you know they say leaving your mother and your father to like cleave, cleave and cleave, you not then you become yeah. like one flesh in relationship to your spouse. She ain't do that. Nope. She's like. Bro, think about it. like this. And she's trying to say like this is on the seventh day when the priest is already supposed to be over. So essentially, you are my wife at this point. You know what I'm saying? You are my wife. And again, you still had three days to come to tell me the truth. Because instead of telling me the truth for three days, you brought to me a half truth. And like we say, a half truth is still a complete lie. Because instead of you telling me, "Yo, baby, these guys are really." Person to kill me. You just keep on saying, I don't love you. You ain't telling me the riddle. I don't love you. You ain't telling me the answer. I don't love you. You have my people out here. And that's the next thing. You, you try to say, you have my people out here guessing this riddle. But again, whose side you on? Whose side you on for real, bro? Whose side you on? Because you marrying me. You ain't marrying them. See, and that's what you get, bro. You lay with puppy. You you you, you play with puppy. They lick, lick your it. mouth, bro. Mm-hmm. You playing with a Philistine. They stick in the Philistines, bro. If, if I have to choose between your country or mine, I pick in my country, I pick in my people, bro. And he see that. This the first taste he get to see that. But it ain't click. It ain't, it ain't registering. But one thing I, I just thought about too, though, this was day seven when he came clean, right? Bro, if he didn't come clean, if they was planning on killing you and your father house, where Samson was can be. If y'all married, y'all probably can live together. So this would directly involve you too. You understand? So why wouldn't you just tell him? You know what I'm saying? And then guess what, right? And then guess what? Even if, all right, so you, as the wife, right? The, his, his fiance, she coerce him or she trick him. Mm-hmm. And he tell her the truth. She was can let Samson give these people all of these stuff. Without telling him, these people's just trying to kill me. Like, do you, you want me to still be friends with them or what, bro? Like, I don't get it. Like, so I seen there's so much, there's so much things in this story that, granted, Samson was a little bit naive in this whole predicament too, because I've been like, yo, why are you pressing me so hard? Mm-hmm. Like, was it really to you personally? I've been like, 
okay, I can tell you the answer, but why you want to know so bad? I don't even like. <laughs> yeah, that bothering me to see the lengths you go in just to get this answer. Like, hey, like my little brother is saying, but you dying your wife, but. <laughs> <laughs> That don't, that don't have nothing to do with you. This is between me and them. And them, you know? like, literally, this is literally between me and them. This is my friendly wager with them. Literally, this ain't hurting you in no way, you know. Right. And that's what they get me. I'm like, this ain't hurting you in no way. Because to me, it don't make sense why you want to know so bad. Logically, it don't make sense. This ain't between, like, this ain't, like, this ain't me and your old mind going at it. Then I guess it could be a little sticky point for you. Right. This me and some random dudes. So what if I make them mad at this point? I don't care. When the, when the, guess the riddle. You have one job, guess the riddle. <laughs> you know, I was going to tell my wife, you guess the riddle if you want, if you want to answer so far. <laughs> I can tell you, you right or wrong. Why, why you don't guess it? I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you if you right or wrong. Just keep guessing. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and, and to me, I, again, like I said earlier in the podcast, it goes to show that, you used to say this a lot, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> and I can't even say something I'm in good deeds, but it's like, yes, God's still using us. But the consequences of our actions still have to come to fruition. Hmm. And we start to see some of these choices that Samson are, made, are making slowly, but surely coming back to bite him. So now we keep on going. Before the sun set on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, hold on. Okay. Yeah, so again, so the man came to, came to said to him in verse 18, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? Mm. Samson said to them, so now he magically catch on what's happening. Mm. If you are not plowed with my heifer, and I don't like how we use that word personally. <laughs> I, I just don't, don't like how we use that word. But hurt people hurt people. I don't like it, right? But bro, this is still a literary device he's using. All right, let's... Plow and heifer, let, mm-hmm. I'm not, let, they go together. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like you want to plow. You understand what I'm saying? That's what animals do. So the man, I, I just, I don't agree with him calling a woman a heifer. You understand what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is the man is just naturally poetic in, in his speech. Like truthfully, bro, like, like that's a bar too. You feel me? Uh-huh. Like that's a, that's a double entendre. You understand? Like but he does it effortlessly. But anyway, continue. I digress. He was a poet. <laughs> Yeah. So you would appreciate things like this more than me. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see in verse 19, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him and he went down to Ashkelon, which is still a city to this day. You can Google it. It's literally right above the Gaza Strip, literally where Palestine was anciently located. Again, I talked about this last episode a little bit. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 men, stripped them of everything and gave their clothes to the men who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he returned to his father's home. And Samson's wife was given to one of his companions who attended him at, who attended him at the feast. Okay. Here ends the chapter. And so what a turn of events. The same people. So now, and even, first of all, I, I, can start from the, I can start from the end. One of the same companions who was guessing the riddle, who was assigned to Samson, who was pressuring mm. his wife to give them the answer, was one of the same guys who ended up marrying her in the end. Yeah. They never say, no, man, this Samson, man. I can't do that to you, boy. Because they was never his friends. Love. They was never his friends. So to me, that's already messed up. So you already lose the woman. Now, going back to verse 19. 
How did Samson get these tunics? How did he pay off his debts? He went into their town, burned it with anger. And we see again, the spirit of the Lord powerfully came upon him. You know why? This is the first time you doing what you're supposed to be doing. And God the sad thing do about it is you ain't even doing it for the glory of God. You're doing it mm. for your own personal vengeance, which is you're sad. Doing it out of, you're doing it out of anger. Anger and revenge. But God's still with you in this because you can't kill these men off your own strength. And that's what, what God had to do for you to do your job. God had to show you when you play with fires, get burned, bro. Mm-hmm. These ain't the people you're supposed to be trying to be friends with. This is how it's going to end. You know? <laughs> and, it, and it really... So God said, all right, you wanted this moment? I can give you everything would come with all. I can give you all the drama would come with these people, bro. You're not supposed to... Dis- I give them over to your hands, bro. The Holy Spirit, anytime you just want to come and, and just wage war on them, the Holy Spirit going to be upon you. But you never want to. You rather, you rather talk and chill with, with women and things like that. So God was like, all right, I can let this woman who you love so much be the catalyst for you to actually do what I call you to do. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is why Samson was at fault. He was at fault for not guarding his heart against falling in love with someone who he should have never fallen in love with. He was at fault for not having a marriage based on God's principles. And then even at the end, he was at fault when you could, when you could clearly see his wife being manipulated by these guys, clearly see it. Instead of responding with love, he responded with anger at the end. Hmm. And, 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 and to me, it's like not even to absolve Sam. Like I'm just trying not to absolve Samson anything yet because like you've seen the wife manipulate him and it was not. But you put yourself in this predicament that could have been avoided multiple tracks along the way, multiple steps. You had so many steps to get to this point where you could have turned back and see this is probably not a good idea. Hmm. But still through it all, you said was plowing, plowing through and to Again, I noticed like the theme, but it's like, bro, I'm Samson. And this is, and I even get to the worst Samson story yet. Like, and I'm Samson. It's like, yeah. I find myself in predicaments all the time, but like, see how you get here. <laughs> you know, you should be in this predicament. How I get here. And you just looking like, wow. Like, you hear <laughs> voice yeah, You know, God, you please, right? Right. <laughs> You know you're going too far with this now, bro. <laughs> but yeah, man, Samson, man, like, to me, it was like, I really wonder, like, you know, you, when we all say, like, when we get to heaven, you want to talk with some people. Mm-hmm. Like, in my head, Canon, Samson's one of the people there. I just really want to sit down and, and slap up with Samson and be like, was it worth it, Samson? <laughs> like, Christ had his 2020, but like, yeah. was it really worth it? Like, would you have changed anything? And you're like, you know, some people be like, you know, I was a dumb decision, but it made me who I am. I really be like, no, like, was it really worth it? I can't, I can't see Samson thinking that it was worth it and not, not being remorseful because we see what his, what his whole life and everything, what it did for Israel and what it did for many people. And how it's blessed people just to, to learn of the story. Samson didn't see that. When Samson died, that was it. Samson don't know the legend of Samson. You understand? <laughs> All he know is what his life was up until his death. And up until his death, it was a roller coaster of a life. You know? So mm-hmm. I can't see Samson not being super remorseful. And even, even up until this point, 
I would be remorseful. I would wish I never deal with these men. I would wish I never tell this woman. You understand? But guess what? The mom was so angry, bro. He ain't even gone and lay with his wife after getting married. He gone straight home. He gone back to Israel. <laughs> the man skipped town. He killed 30 men or maybe 60 men. I don't know. However, to get the two robes, a piece for everybody, kill all of them people, give it back, go on straight home. And then to top it all off, your father-in-law to be, give her away. These people don't care about you, Samson. And, the, and again, <laughs> the funny thing about just the customs for that day, yo, we just had a wedding feast. And by the end of this, the bride has to be married. Mm. So you got to get married. Yeah. Someone got to take off. And it's just, man, it's just, it's just messed up, man. It's just messed up. And why I had a friend used to say, so how do you land a plane that's just hovering over the ground? <laughs> No, I'll just, I, I mean, bro, I feel like it's clear. It's clear, bro. As Christians, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, mm-hmm. right? The Lord has given us this book of instructions, and the Lord has given everybody a calling and a mission to be on. Where we live, the world at large that, that we are inhabitants of, it's not predominantly of God. As a matter of fact, you can find more people that is not more things and people that are not of God than the, the ones that are of God. Even the people that say they are of God, a lot of them are deceivers, you know. We are not to be sidetracked while living on this earth, especially when you know the mission that you are. You understand? Samson is a direct example of when you become arrogant in who you are, I mean, you try to run away from what God called you to do or who God called you to be. Samson's riddle started out as a friendly wager, but it ended in humiliation and bloodshed. What must have hurt the most was the fact that his wife-to-be was the one who betrayed him. After losing the wager... Samson killed and robbed 30 men in order to pay his debts. But the wager wasn't the only thing he lost. Samson had also lost his wife-to-be. But we'll talk more about Samson's fiance and his revenge against the Philistines on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Ayana Albertson Gay as well as your host, Earl Roberts, and the Cosgate. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B-O-F-A-P-O-D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.